0: Listen what I say. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is the big show. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. They're giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off uh, LASIK during the month of February. Start your road to vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. We're going to talk to Steve Klauke coming up here momentarily. Of course, uh, not only the voice of the Salt Lake Bees, but also the Weber State Wildcats. And all around, good dude. Steve is the best. I, I bet we'll get some actually funny puns with Steve.
2: Oh, well, wait a minute. Well, what what did that mean?
1: I I mean that Steve's good at puns.
2: No, no, no? that was pointed at somebody else.
1: I I just said Steve will probably get some actually funny puns because he comes As opposed
2: to what we normally hear on this show? Is that what you were getting at? Well, you
1: can read into it however you want.
2: Well, that's what I read into it.
1: Steve Klauke joins us now, Voice of the Bees and the Weber State Wildcats. Hello, Steve.
2: Hi, Jake. How you doing? Gordon,
0: how you doing? Uh, Thanks again for the uh, very nice column the other day. And it's always good to talk
2: to Mr. Pooper Scooper on the other side of the (laughs) glass. You know, know, uh, Steve, uh, I got a lot of feedback from that column from people around uh, who have known you through the years in baseball. And uh, you've got a lot of fans out there, my friend. Well, that's, that's, that's nice to hear. I'll remember that the next time I'm up for
0: a uh, salary increase.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Just take the column in with you, Steve. Just say, no. here, check this out. <laughs> let's leverage. Uh, we have a lot to get to with you today, Steve, but let's start with the exciting news of the day, of course. Bees baseball is coming back. Uh, of course, it's been a complicated last year for sports in general, but uh, April 8th, they're going to be back at it. you got to be fired up.
0: I really am, Jake. It's it's nice to see, actually, the printout of the schedule that that they're hoping to start on time on April the 8th, like you said. It's a a very different schedule in the past. Most of the time, we would play three or four-game series, maybe two cities at a time, maybe a three-city road trip. And and now it's going to be a six-game series all throughout the year. Every Wednesday will be an off day, so you can set your clock to that. And, obviously, the league looks a little different. No more Games with Omaha, Iowa, Memphis, or Nashville. Fresno got relegated to low A, so no trips to Fresno, darn. And uh, <laughs> the addition of uh, the addition of Sugarland, Texas, just outside of Houston.
2: Steve, I don't want to uh, commence this with a, a downer, but I want to get your opinion on the way some of minor league baseball, its fate over the past uh, year or so, uh, yeah, mainly being eliminated. Yeah, the 42 teams that were eliminated, that's, uh, that's sad to see. That
0: was Major League Baseball's uh, uh, solving the problem of low minor league salary. So instead of having six levels, let's just get rid of two levels and say that we're giving the minor league players a 34 to 70% salary increase. So uh, that, that's their way of doing it. I don't particularly like it. I mean, baseball is grassroots, especially the teams that uh, were eliminated. Thankfully, in some cases, like the Pioneer League, they were able to partner with Major League Baseball and have an independent league, which is great because the quality of play, the age of the players, very similar to what they're used to. The biggest difference is now these teams have to pay the player salary, which they didn't have to when they were in affiliated baseball. So that's going to be a problem when you have limited attendance and you can't uh, you know, raise the necessary revenue to pay the players. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that all works out.
1: Steve, you've been around minor league baseball for a very long time. Is there a different way they could have done it, or was this pretty much what they had to do?
0: Well, considering it's a multi-billion-dollar industry, I would think that with all the money they do pass out, they would able to would, would have been able to find some money somewhere along the lines where they could increase the players' salaries and keep all the teams. But part, I, I guess, part of it is the salary. Part of it, some of the facilities weren't up to snuff, and part of it was travel. Now. That is all good and fine, but then I look at my uh, the B schedule and the first road trip is Houston-Sacramento, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So uh, it, it's uh, it's uh, it's a double-edged sword for sure. But you know, at least uh, the teams that are still around will have baseball.
2: Steve, I so enjoyed our conversation the other day. And uh, as you can imagine, Jake, Steve has a lot of stories, a lot of experience, a lot of tales to tell. My question to you now, Steve, is what is your favorite – what's the best thing about calling AAA baseball?
0: Well, I think it's the fact that uh, a lot of these guys you're going to see at some point in time, maybe it's only for two games, maybe it's only for six or eight like me, but a lot of these guys you're going to see – uh, on television in a major league baseball uniform and get a chance to play in the big leagues and watching these guys uh, work their tails off and for very little money i think i might have told you at the uh, uh, i i've seen some pay stubs from some guys at the triple a level a two-week pay stub after taxes taken out sometimes was only 534 dollars and how are they going to live on that so uh, i think just getting seeing these guys get that opportunity even if they're only there for say 10 days that's more than you know, a three-month salary in
1: the minor leagues. Steve clocky with us, 97.5 and 1280, of the zone. I want to ask you about Weber State, Steve, but before we move off baseball, uh, Joe Ingles was on this morning with DJ and PK, as he always is, and he, he revealed a bet between he and Donovan Mitchell, and I want to want to see which way you would bet. Joe has never been a baseball player. He played a little cricket growing up, but he's bet Donovan Mitchell that Donovan can throw him 10 fastball pitches and all Joe has to do is get it in play once. Doesn't doesn't have to get a hit, just has to get it in bounds once. Who would you bet on?
0: Oh, definitely Donovan. The only way Joe wins that is if Donovan doesn't elevate a pitch and he bounces it in because that's when a <laughs> cricket batter sees every pitch. They bounce it in. and So he might be used to something like that, even though a cricket bat's about three times as wide as a baseball bat. So I think that's the only chance that Joe has is if uh, – Donovan uh, skips one in the dirt, and that's more along the line of what Joe has seen in his past.
2: Oh, that's my question, then. Is he going to be allowed to use a cricket bat? <laughs> uh, it would help his chances, but I don't think it would put him over the top. And now he was, he was claiming All he has to do is dribble it, you know, a foot in front of himself. You know, I mean, you think he's just going to be whiffing.
0: Yeah, there, there, there's, there's no if, if You know, I've seen, I've seen Donovan throw out a ceremonial first pitch to the ballpark and it was as impressive as i've ever seen from a jazz <laughs> player over the years as opposed to the worst one i ever saw which was by carl malone that wasn't even close to reaching home plate and later he blamed it on the fact his hands were too big to throw a baseball
1: clocky <laughs> <laughs> uh, is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 the zone switching gears steve are you ready for some spring football
0: it's going to be very interesting it's uh, you know the pros have always tried spring leagues. It's never worked out. So let's see what happens uh, this go around. Obviously, there were some you know, concerns about playing a spring season and turning right around in a few months and playing the regular fall schedule. But as of now, everything seems to be on track. It'll be a, uh, a reduced schedule, six games, three in a row, then an off week to have some space just in case some of the early games are postponed, like we've already seen with, with Cal Poly. They had their opener uh, Uh, pushed back because of uh, COVID protocol and then another three weeks and then an off week and then a reduced field FCS NCA tournament, which in the past has been 24 teams with 10 champions this year. It's going to be 16 teams with 11 champions with the MIAC joining the fray for the first time. So uh, it's going to really put a premium on those six regular season games. And I think out of the big sky, probably the top two teams, but you almost have to go unbeaten to have a chance to get into the
2: tournament this year. So I saw the odds makers out of Vegas for making Weber State like I think they had the second best odds to win the national championships, Ed. yeah, it's a very very talented uh, group. Uh, the, the two places
0: they need to fill in uh, spots that are vacated are at quarterback, but Jay Hill seems to like what things have, how things have developed in camp. Uh, really down to uh, two guys, including a quarterback who's a junior who uh, played at Middle Tennessee State. And then place kicker, Trey Tuttle, an All-American. He was 14 field goals away from uh, setting the all-time NCAA uh, field goal record. But unfortunately, he's decided to uh, end his career and, and uh, go elsewhere. So they've got four kickers in camp trying to solve it, but uh, solve that problem. But the defense that they have here, that's what Jay Hill has predicated his success on, his great defense, and that's certainly what they've had. And each year they lose players, and each year, they seem to rebuild to even better defense. So I think that's the thing that everybody's hanging their hat on. Because you mentioned the odds makers. Uh, some of the polls I've seen have them ranked either second or third in the nation. So it's going to be a fun, a short but fun season of football uh, up here at uh, Weaver State.
1: Steve Randy Ray's crew is 7 and 3 in league this year. They're currently, uh, what is this, half a game out of second place. They have a game tonight. Against NAU. That game will tip off at 7 o'clock. Of course, Steve will be on the call. But what what shot do you give uh, this year's Wildcats of uh, busting through in the Big Sky tourney and getting that bid?
0: I I think this is the best team that uh, Coach Ray has had since uh, they went to the NCAA tournament, my first year of doing the Weaver State games in 2015. It's a very talented team. Nine new players from uh, from last year that have all really come together. Uh, Guys who have played at a high level in the past, transfers from Florida, Loyola Marymount, Northwestern. Uh, they really have come together and played well. They're an excellent defensive team. And uh, kind of like the Jazz, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country. As a matter of fact, I think they're second in the nation only to Baylor. So it's been fun, fun to watch. Uh, they got the split up in Montana last week, which was huge, I think. And now it's just a matter of, uh, again, how are things going to play out? Because you have different teams with different numbers of games played. It's not going to be even how are they going to solve that when the regular season ends in three weeks.
2: So, Steve, are you walking right now? Uh, yes, I am. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, no, no, it's okay. The reason I asked that, Jake, is because do you realize that while a lot of other people sort of been sitting around uh, through this coronavirus thing, uh, just uh, eating and uh, sitting around, Steve has lost, uh, what did you say, 20 pounds, Steve? 20 uh, from, pounds, you know. Yeah, going on these long walks. Yeah, some people have put on the COVID-19. I've taken off the COVID-19.
1: Nice. <laughs> Good for you, Steve.
2: One last thing. Tell uh, tell Jake and tell our listeners that story about when you when you were introduced to uh, Vince Scully about four years ago. That's, <laughs> that, that's a funny one. Well,
0: as, as, a, as a 12-year-old, uh, and actually 11-year-old in 1966, my teacher took myself and another student to Wrigley Field to see a great pitching matchup between the Sandy Koufax for the Dodgers and Ken Holtzman for the Cubs, two two very good left-handers, obviously, Sandy, a great left-hander. Um, and uh, he, my teacher happened to be from Brooklyn. And uh, walking up the steps from the field to the old press box at Wrigley Field was in Scully. And uh, my teacher, Mr. Shapiro, said, "See, you have to meet this gentleman. So I, he introduced me. We exchanged pleasantries, and he went off to work. Fast forward to about uh, four or five years ago, a friend of mine asked if I would like to meet ben scully down at spring training and i said sure and so uh, he was very pleasant and and mr scully said well pleasure to meet you and of course i followed that up with the story about how i actually met him when uh i was 11 years old and his quick response to that was and you haven't changed a bit (laughs)
1: it's a good line that's a good line he's not one of the best ever for nothing
0: you got that right. He's he's, uh, he, he's ready with a story, anything from uh, yesterday's dinner to uh, experiences uh, co- watching uh, the coverage, uh, reading the coverage about World War II. You just never know where he's going to come from.
2: Have you ever run out of stories during uh, during a game, Steve? Have you ever gone, oh, boy, I'm at the bottom of the barrel?
0: <laughs> Thankfully, no. Not, e- not even <laughs> in the two 18-inning games that the team has played over the years. <laughs>
1: Well, Steve. Hey, we love you. Thanks for jumping on with us. Have a great call tonight, and uh, I think everybody's pretty excited. Bees baseball back.
0: Yeah, I can't can't wait for uh, April the eighth. Thank-,
1: Thank you, Steve. We appreciate you, the great Steve Clawkey, voice uh, of not only the Salt Lake Bees but of course the Weber State Wildcats. Coming up next, we have the Not sportsport Stay tuned, 97.5 and twelve eighty the zone.